Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of coming back from the dead and finding out that there are aliens. Yeah, but did anybody hear him scream out in space? That's the important question. Oh, wait, we already know. I'm not saying it's aliens, but... It's aliens. Yeah, I was waiting for the big hair guy quote, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, um, welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week, we are talking about aliens in Bureau 13. Uh, we've talked about a lot of space-related type podcasts recently, and we're going to keep doing that because it's a big topic. Yeah, like space is big. But uh, but this we're going to be talking about that because uh, when a lot of people think about Bureau 13, they really don't think very much about you know, aliens. It's mostly about, you know, vampires, zombies, uh, evil do- evil witch doctors, uh, sometimes dimensional travelers, fairies, fae. So, uh, you know, now we, we've talked about a lot of, uh, uh, a- of various monsters that weren't getting enough love. And so we had a whole podcast on that. And please feel free to look that up and, and listen to that if you haven't had a chance. But tonight we're talking about how aliens have appeared from time to time uh, in, um, in Bureau 13. Uh, what part do they actually fall in the lore that's official? And, and when I say official, I'm including anything that was published by Outpost Games because Richard said that uh, all that material from Outpost Games was official canon. So we're including that as well. So, uh, now, uh, before we go any further, I just want to raise the question because I know there's just a lot of people out there who want to know the answer. And, and, and certainly in everybody's campaign, there has been a moment where you've been tempted. Is the Doctor part of Bureau 13 lore? Well, we do say that all stories are true. Yeah. So, I mean, no, I'm not saying it can't be true. I'm saying, is it, is there, do you recall anything in Bureau 13 lore that says a Doctor? Nothing comes to mind. I mean, Time travelers and dimensional travelers, yeah, they put that in the the list of one hundred things you could put right. up with. So he would fall under that, yeah, yeah. Well, I I know, but I was talking about specifically. Okay, so folks, you know the doctor, though he could be in your campaign, is not part of Bureau Thirteen lore. However, we you know incursion, as we've mentioned before in other podcasts, is part of Bureau Thirteen lore. So therefore, we have a big you know chunk of aliens. That are coming now, uh, Trav. Since you are our uh, our resident expert on um, incursion, yes. Uh, when did the when were the floodgates open for aliens to come visit uh, uh, the the world of Bureau Thirteen, which in Fringeworthy is known as Paranormal Earth? Yes. Um, there was an Enchani probe. The Enchanis are the ones that made the ship that is featured in Incursion. The Ardana New. Uh, after 1945, when the first atomic bomb went off, 
the Anshani probe realized, ah, this civilization has atomic energy use. They are ready to join the galactic community. The Enchanty Probe zips back to Enchanty Prime, and it finds an empty world. So without that Enchanty uh, sensor probe, which basically guarded the system from people coming in and messing with humans, once that probe is gone, that's when interstellar slavers and alien abductions started kicking in really big. I'm sure that the whole Roswell thing, you know, that was 47. That was, you know, two years after the probe left. And I believe it was hundreds of thousands over the course of like 40, 45 years, 50 years, were taken by various galactic slavers, including those on the Ardana Nu. Really? I, I didn't know that number. I, I remember I seeing it, it. I think it was thousands, at, at least thousands of people. And of course, they're going to take people in the middle of the night, people who aren't going to be missed. And, you know, they, they sell them to the galactic slave market on that one planet, Rylaxis. Right. Well, yeah, and also they kept they kept the location of Earth a secret because that way nobody's poaching on their territory. Right, it was cheap labor. They 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 had a gold mine, yeah. Right. So they were one of the, as it turns out, one of the many aliens who came to Earth uh, with the with the um, sole purpose of abducting uh, and cryogenically uh, storing humans until they could be sold on the inner. Uh, the the galactic slave market. Yep. Okay. So uh, therefore, you know the uh, uh, Bureau Thirteen lore matches exactly to you know uh, la- you know the the uptick, the big upsurgence of UFO uh, sightings that started in the 1950s and continue to today. Uh, even though I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not in touch with it, the people that, that track this sort of thing, so I don't know if there's more or less now. Uh, I think they're not as sensationalized as they used to be. Well, yeah, I don't think it's as sensationalized. It doesn't get as much press attention unless it's like the government itself saying, hey, we're going to release this, you know, unidentified uh, object clip from a, a spy plane or from a fighter jet. You know, it it's really it seems like the only time we get press coverage now with this is if it's the government itself or some other high-ranking official government body releasing information. Well, you do remember, Jonathan, last year, 2020, they came out with, now they didn't, you know, it's the whole thing. They didn't say it was aliens, but yeah, I guess the government declassified, declassified, declassified <laughs> a bunch of stuff which could be, and of course we were in the, you know, first year of the pa- this pandemic, it got back page coverage because everybody was, but I remember coming up my Facebook feed, I'm like, ah, so the government throws this out now. It's like, you know, it, it's almost like they're trying to distract us from everything that happened last year with the pandemic. <laughs> but yeah, the government has declassified pictures and various videos that they've had. So the knowledge is a little more, and I would think, yeah, with that, it would be decent, decent, desensationalized a bit. Yeah. But I do remember that popping up in my feed during the summer. Yeah, it seems like people have kind of just gotten over aliens as far as a conspiracy theory. Of course, there's always going to be people who believe the conspiracy theory. Because, I mean, what was it? Not too long before that, in what, 2019 was the big Let's Raid Area 51 meme? Ah, yes. I will will not say the um, hashtag 
that they came up with it for. And only 150 people ended up showing up anyways, and like, six Nobody got arrested. Nobody took it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody took that seriously. Well, uh, 150 people did. did. Well, I think they were there to party. I, I imagine a good <laughs> well, portion of, course, of them were. Duh, yeah. 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 I mean, you can get 150 people for any convention, any convention topic you want. So, you know. It's, uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, they were partying. One one of the guys got arrested for public urination. So, yeah, you know, just <laughs> instead of porta-potties, apparently. But, no, I mean, yeah, it, it. you're right. I think desensitized to all of that would be the best thing. Now, unless we get the full-blown landing at the White House or in a major metropolitan area, you know, like right. District 9. Or somebody takes over all of our satellites and starts broadcasting the uh, Overlord message. And now I'm thinking of, man, I'm thinking of Zod Man of Steel. Yeah. I think it might have been also 2019. It might have been 2019, maybe 2018, when Oumuamua went screaming by. And people what, are still... Oumuamua was a... What we're pretty sure was an extrasolar rock that was fairly large. Yeah, it was a couple of miles long. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I remember. I didn't know it had a name. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's a. People are, I think, still to this day, occasionally see a video pop up on my uh, YouTube feed about could it really be an alien probe? Why not? <laughs> I mean, it, you know, it makes more sense to have something that's like, you know, you know, wrapped in a big, huge chunk of rock, you know, hurtling through your solar system, taking pictures and sending it back to wherever, you know, then what we send out, which are these very fragile tinfoil devices <laughs> that we still, that still manage to send back messages after, uh, you know, uh, decades. This is true. No, I, I love the, the running joke about, we sent your probe back because you sent us a bunch of nudes and a mixtape. Leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, what is it the the pioneer probe or the viking probe it has music on it but it also has da vinci's vitruvian man of a man and a woman to show what we look like right yeah yeah, yeah. so in other words it's basically earth sending out a request for nudes <laughs> no we're giving them out are you kidding <laughs> no but we're you giving- send them you send them out you know like unsolicited you know picks yeah you know hoping that you'll get something back yeah unsolicited <laughs> nudes and a mixtape yeah it's like yeah even even hu- humans it's, yeah, humans that's why we can't have nice things yeah um <laughs> unbelievable folks yeah anyways but um it's it's nice that uh you know that that aliens will know that you know we there are two genders even though we 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 we're having trouble with that now. <laughs> so. At least there is sexual dimorphism, I believe, is the term. Yes. Can can yeah? Can you imagine if they tried to put like a dozen different versions up there? You know. Anyways, it'd be it'd be very small pictures on that disc. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah. All right. Okay. So aliens are, but you know. Okay. But back to Bureau Thirteen. Uh, aliens are a. Uh, a stay. Uh, they're they're in Bureau Thirteen, uh, and we're going to go over all the different ones in our lore. Um, and uh, but you see, uh, Bureau Thirteen has a bit of a, uh, I don't know, a, a, a kind of a, a territorial issue with it because uh, their you know their their mandate is to stop the supernatural. You know, aliens are not really the supernatural yet. If it's a threat to the um, 
in integrity, you know, to to the uh, stability of the United States, the bureau tends to want to get involved. Okay, the people who are supposed to be taking care of this job are the men in black. Yeah, and, yeah. And the and and Richard has never put out anything that really in any way codifies the relationship between you know uh, you know the bureau and uh, and. And the men in black. I mean, it's not even, you know, Torchwood. If it's alien, it's ours, you know, you know kind of uh, mandate. Okay, so uh, I know in my own campaigns, I've always had a big issue about do I have the men in black show up or are they just clueless? Or do they only deal with the really world-threatening type things and the small stuff they basically ignore? Because that's what seems to happen if you looked at the movies. You know, the... Uh, uh, which are probably a very poor version of the Men in Black, considering you know. Uh, okay, all Bruce, stuff is I on. do, I do have the Men in Black entry in for Bureau Thirteen OGL. There's yeah. another agency out there that's trying to hush up alien contact. These are enigmatic Men in Black who've been frequenting UFO, UFO and alien sightings since 1947. Men in Black harass witnesses, steal evidence, and bribe whatever they can. Something about the MIBs is not quite right. Their manner, dress, and vehicles are just a little out of date. While they are well-armed, they are not comfortable using guns and flee from confrontations. The exception have been several nasty gun battles with Bureau agents. Some of these MIBs are rigged with suicide vests. Agents are advised to use extreme caution and take one of them alive if possible. So yeah, there has been some animosity between the two agencies. Yeah. If there, you know, several nasty I, gun battles, yeah. Uh, well, I don't think it's animosity. I think it literally is territorialism. I think that uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that yeah. They want you know they want us to walk away from whatever it is that they're interested in. And uh, if I was the bureau, and of course I am, <laughs> as are all GMs, yes. uh, I would be like, well, that means there's something that they want. It's not just the aliens. There's been lots of aliens, but they're in our face because there's an artifact, there's a technology, there's something here that they don't want us to have. And so they're not here it, for a social call. Yeah, yeah but you know, so doggone it, we're not going anywhere until we at least determine that we don't want whatever it is. So uh, I think that's probably how that happened, but that's just my call. You know, that's how I see it. Uh, but uh, but aliens, uh, according to the lore, they come for a variety of reasons. Uh, they come as tourists. They come as um, uh, scientists. They come as collectors. They come as um, uh, merchants. Um, and uh, very rarely do they come as world conquerors. Uh, the closest I think we've come to the world conquerors has been the um, uh, the Martians, uh, and uh, uh, which I, uh, uh, part of our lore is is that the uh, uh, the, the invasion at Grover's Mills was in fact a real Martian invasion that was taken taken out by somebody. I don't think they uh, by the bureau. Anyways, uh, so we're going to start, uh, so I guess we should just start talking about the different aliens that are there. Now, um, and I, these aren't going to be in any particular order, uh, but uh, they are, um, so we should probably start with the core rule book. Okay? Hmm. So one of the things that it says is that in 1985, alien abduction uh, hit an all-time high. What happened in 1985? Was that the year uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out? Roundabout, I think. I think it might have been a little bit earlier than that, but 
That's 1977. Hmm. 85, I think. 85, wasn't that Challenger? Because I was in high school then, and that's when that blew up. Yeah, when it's roundabouts that. Because I remember walking in the store from high school, and it's there on my mom's TV, and I'm just watching it. I'm like, oh my lord. Well, see, Cocoon came out in 1985. Uh, 1986 was Aliens, the movie. 1985 also had Explorers, uh, the the Spielberg uh, uh, version of Aliens. So uh, I'm not sure what uh, why it would be uh, uh, he it would be mentioned, but it's in the it's in the uh, lore. So uh, we're going to take it as read. Uh, but then uh, uh, the classic aliens uh, are in the book in the uh, and by the way the D20 edition uh, has the best descriptions of all the aliens and and such because I looked at the various editions and they we kept making basically enlarging and making them better. So uh, I'm going to start start off with the Greys. The Greys are the bane of most galactic societies. They're highly advanced, but they're highly bored. They think of nothing. Uh, they think nothing of tra- uh, traipsing off to a world and investigating the inner workings of the locals' digestive system from the bottom up. They're small stature with thin spindly bodies and large heads. They love buzzing crops with their saucer-shaped ships and using gravity impellers to create odd designs. Or write, uh, or, you know, and, and which a lot of times are profanity written by the acre. Many of the more intricate crop circles are the equivalent of bathroom graffiti. They do not speak, but they use telepathy to communicate with each other or their guests. They are equipped with a variety of, of weapons and devices that can immobilize their victims, but nothing that actually hurts them. That's what the examination room on their ship is for. Their large eyes allow them to see in the dark far better than humans, but there must be some light source, else they'll be just as blind as any human in total darkness. Okay, so low it. light vision. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they have low light vision. Yeah. And uh and uh and that's and that's it. Basically they're uh they're here on a lark. I mean they uh, or they could be considered to be scientists of a kind, you know. Uh, certainly some of the stories talked about uh, them breeding with uh, uh, with humans or doing breeding experiments with humans, but uh, again, that's more or less somebody basically playing around. We don't know the ages of these aliens. I mean, it could just as well be like children, you know, who basically got you know stole dad's saucer and went off to Earth on a lark, and they're basically messing around, you know, you know, uh, doing dissection on live frogs like. Children on Earth, our Earth have done sticking something with a stick, you know. And of course, you know, if you know bathroom humor for children. You know that going working from the bottom up is completely reasonable. So uh, I would not be surprised to find that most alien, most Greys are in fact children of their species. What do you think, John? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can see these guys are they are not very sophisticated. Scientists, these are yeah, they're they're teenagers with a a, a spaceship. They are the explorers, and, these, and, and you know if you've seen the right, movie. and and these these explorations don't seem to be going anywhere either. You know, I mean, it's not like they got all this information and now they're you know you know they're going to use it for some purpose. You know, it doesn't it doesn't seem to go anywhere. They just show up, do their little experiments, and 
believe. I, I'm reminded of the the kids in the hall sketch. If you guys ever remember seeing that, can you say it in a family friendly way? Yes, I can. I think. Uh, I, I don't understand what we're doing here. Are you questioning the great leader's motives? I think the great leader just has a a butt fetish. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I liked how they followed up on that. They they said is that you know all we've really learned is is that like one out of fifteen actually seems to like the the, the anal probe. Yeah, <laughs> one in fifteen don't seem to really mind that much. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was uh, I remember that uh, that episode. So yeah, I mean the Greys. Uh, now, of course, because they're aliens, they can do terrible things, and you know, there's uh, what do we, you know, what are the things associated with the Greys? Uh, t- loss of time, um, you know, time slippages, of course, gravitational anomalies, saucers, um, anything else? Occasionally, they'll implant chips. Oh, yeah. If you remember during you know the X Files episode where Scully. You know, she got one, and all of a sudden, they she realized there was something in her back, mm-hmm. and they they tagged her. They tagged her like you know an animal catch and release type thing. So they probably do a lot of that too to keep track of their experiments. You know, like we do, we'll tag a fish as it goes to spawn. You know, well, that would mean that they were they've been coming for literally you know tens of thousands or millions of years. You know, and if that's true, then they basically don't have faster than light travel. Well, let's see. Uh, yeah, with the starship and everything, let's see. Yeah, just as flying saucers, so it's like, but you know, their their technology is advanced as all get out. So you know, they're going to have cloaking devices. They could be hiding out in the Kuiper Belt, and we wouldn't know. Right. Well, let's go back and you know get another cow, guys. Yeah. Well, you you see what I'm saying is that if they've actually been certain, you know, coming by so rarely, then probably they're a race that. Spends most of their time in in basically cryo, you know, or okay, yeah. some form of suspension because that way they can travel from star system to star system, and uh, you know, and uh, and it might take you know a thousand years to go four light years, or, or even I mean, even if you get up to 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 the, near the speed of light, you know, ninety percent or whatever, it's still going to take you four to ten to twenty years to go from one star system to another, so. I can see where people might actually just as a culture say, well, you know, nothing, um, I, I, I came out of cryo, looked around, did, got caught up on all the new trends, tried all these different things, read all the books, watched all the movies, whatever. Okay. Time to go back into cryo. You know, we'll wait, uh, I'll wait another, you know, and just, you know, when somebody comes by, wake me up. And 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 you literally have a race that basically spends most of uh, of eternity waiting for someone else to show up, and in which case they come out and they engage with them, and uh, you you literally could have a culture that because of this kind of deferment could last for millions of years, but it could really, in, in terms of individual time, might only be a couple thousand years old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and you know, if you do have faster than light travel, though, there's no need for any of that, and I wouldn't expect it. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, all right. So, what other um, what other aliens do we have? Well, I mean, there's a lot of alien animals too, pets, zoological specimens that end up loose on Earth, and they could come in any size, shape, color. And I'm reminded of the movie Outlander with Jim Caviezel, John Hurt, and Ron Perlman. Oh yeah. With the wyvern, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, they didn't really, you know, it was like no one really ever said where that came from. It just showed up. Well, I mean, it was, I guess, Jim Caviezel's character was transporting it and the ship crashed and it escaped. Oh, yeah, so, you're right. I, I yeah, forgot yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah, right. So things oh. like that, you know, it's just aliens will, I mean, let's say one of these greys visit. And if they're teenagers, yeah, they brought their quote unquote dog. Well, it gets out. Well, it's not going to, yeah, unless there's two of them or however many is their gender uh, uh, allotment, uh, they're not going to reproduce. So it's just, it's going to be a problem that's going to fix itself. Yeah, yeah. Problem is until some kid tries to play with it, gets bit, and ends up getting some weird alien virus, and then that goes off. Yeah. So, I mean, the alien animals, yeah, they can be, you can play them for laughs, or you can play them where they're a serious threat, like the wyvern from Outlander. So, right. Well, usually they're going to be a threat because, um, you know, they're, they're in a hostile environment to them. You know, they don't fit in. Um, and, uh, they're, they're probably going to be wary of any humans and humans are going to react negatively to an alien critter. So yeah, it's it's probably going to end up being a bad thing. Unless it's a kid. That's, that's usually how it works is some little kid says, Oh, look, a cute little orangutan monster. I'm going to pet it. Yeah. Well, that, that is, that's a part of our species. We, we want to pet everything. You know, no matter if it's if it's the apex predator on any world, someone's going to try to make it their their pet. Yeah. You know this, right? Yeah, this that's just us. It's part of our nature. It's uh, we we've done it for so many animals. <laughs> so, all right, what? Uh, all right, so I mean, there's, so there's lots of alien animals, uh, and of course, uh, if you if you're planning on uh, uh, treating the humans. Uh, you know, as a hunting preserve, you might drop some alien animals to uh, to hunt them, so you can film it and sell it as entertainment back on wherever it is you came from. So there, there's there's the um, entertainment uh, business aspects of of hu- humanity. You know, humans in the wild. Next on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. How well do they deal with the uh, 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 bug bladder beast of trial? <laughs> How many of them actually know to put a, a towel over their face? Find out how these crazy humans deal with the bug. What what was it? The bug what from trial? Bug bug bladder beast of trial. Find out how humans handle the bug bladder beast of trial tonight on Channel Z fifty three. Your intergalactic home of watching humans. You know, it's going to be something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure we have our own channel. I mean, there's just, I mean, you know, just our own news, you know, is enough to keep most people entertained. You can imagine aliens we just look at as going, uh. <laughs> okay, so moving on, alien devices, okay? Ah, uh, yes. Lo- lots of aliens, they crash land into our world, they, uh, you know, they, they leave it, they, they set it down, go to the bathroom, come back, and somebody's walked off with it, because we're like, you know, thieving humans, you know, right? Uh, you know, they get lost, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, it might, might be that, uh, uh, there just isn't, uh, you know, with all the samples they take, there's not enough room on the spaceship, so they toss a few things out just to free up some more space. Uh, we end up with artifacts. Some of these artifacts are ancient. I mean, they're, they're literally like, you know, in 
containers and caves and various things like that that you know and, and they may have been worshipped by humans in the past you know because they had certain attributes that made them think ooh gods they're from the gods you know so uh, but uh, sooner or later you uh, the bureau runs into somebody who's got himself an alien artifact uh, and, um, and and we'll cover a couple of examples of that when we get to the actual instances of these things um, uh, sometimes they're they're basically literally taken off the corpses of aliens after the aliens have been put down by either the men in black or by the bureau, or sometimes the army. <laughs> sometimes you know, yeah. uh, sometimes the locals get involved, and uh, but it's really hard to pry them, uh, uh, you know, pry them away from locals once they get their hands on them. As, uh, now we have things like eBay and things like that. You know, there's money in them there. Aliens, you know, <laughs> whatever. Used to be all these kinds of things would show up in this in one curiosity shop. There would be a regional store that people would go to and see all the weird stuff. Now it's, you know, it's it's on, every, it's, it's, there's a YouTube channel for everything, you know, or it's being sold on eBay or something, you know. I, it's, it's real, I, I imagine, you know, the, the Bureau has a number of AI programs whose sole job is to go and, and uh, put bids on items that really should be out of the hands of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, some of them are not, uh, some of them are not uh, operational. You know, they're just, uh, they're just there to, uh, as an artifact left behind by somebody Sometimes they work just the way they intended, and sometimes they don't work, but they still do stuff. Those are probably the most dangerous because people will think that, oh no, you know, you know, uh, great great grandpa, you know, shot that strange bear creature with a that had what looked to be a helmet on, and uh, and we we kept that thing in in the the, the chest with the you know uh, the quilts for nigh on a hundred years. He says. Uh, Says, why would anybody want that? <laughs> it's got to be some old uh, 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 Roman helmet, you know, from back when. Until someone goes and finds out it's made out of transparent aluminum, right? <laughs> I'm just imagining the, the alien, you know, coming to reclaim it and go, okay, you took my toothbrush and you somehow turned it into a nuclear vaporizer. How? How can you guys even manage Yeah. This? And that's when it's just, hi, my name is MacGyver. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Would you please tell me how? Because I would like to make, make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, uh, moving on to Martians. Martians, we love Martians uh, for a couple of reasons. One is because there's been so many fun movies done with Martians. Secondly is because uh, it is part of the timeline. And also because there is actually an entry in, uh, in the, the various monsters for the Martians. Uh, so, uh, and there, there's two types of Martians, uh, listed, uh, in the, uh, uh, in the, in the Bureau 13 manual. These, one is the Martians that are just basically goofing around. They come over, they goof around a little bit, they go home waiting for their species to die. And then there's the other ones who actually have some idea that, you know, really you people are, are, are ruining your planet. You know, much like we, we did ours, or, or but we it took us millions of years to do it. So we're going to like you know you obviously don't deserve this planet. We're going to take it from you. Though uh, personally, I think that any 
If the Martians were actually coming to take the planet from us, they would do it by hurling a lot of boulders at us. And there's been some movies where they where aliens did that too. Uh, you don't have to send the giant, you know, uh, uh, Armageddon, you know, Earth destroyer uh, thing. If you just send ones that are like about a mile long uh, or somewhat half a mile, half a mile round, that's more than enough to uh, to basically destroy all life as we know it. Uh, yeah. and uh, turn us, you know, knock us back to the Stone Age, as the saying goes. Uh, a couple of, you know, nukes in the air to take out our electronics. And at that point, you know, uh, only, uh, only take a moderate force to come in and, uh, and, and take out, you know, you know civilization uh, and enslave us all. So there's, and, and of course, there, uh, if you get further into it, there's like, you know, green Martians and there's red Martians. And uh, actually, where that comes from is uh, from another book, uh, another game that was put out by Tritech. But I really think that if you wanted to do a Martian invasion and make it fun rather than just, you know, a military campaign then or horror. And, of course, you know, aliens, you can play aliens for horror really easily. OK, oh, but yeah. Tritech has always been a little bit whimsical about aliens. So uh, uh, and so. Beach Bunny Bimbos with Blasters. It's all about Martians coming in and impersonating humans and trying to basically take over the planet. Uh, it's a it's basically a beachhead uh, move, move by the Martians, and there's just a ton of information about Martian technology, Martian uplifted animals, uh, the Martians themselves. You know, like I said, there's there's big head Martians and little head Martians or smaller head Martians. I don't think any of them have small heads. But anyways, um, I highly recommend that if you want to play Bureau 13 with Martians, that you basically use this as a source book. Because it was, A, it's produced by TriTac, and B, it's clearly the way Richard saw Martians. Especially if you've seen any of his Christmas cards having to do with the Martians. Yeah. Or any of his trash videos back in the day, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, so that I recommend that uh, uh, for for doing that sort of thing. So, uh, but uh, this is it says that generally they don't have the numbers of the drive for a real invasion, and just find some peaceful town to harass until the bureau arrives. Uh, contact. With the Martian faction, has shown that politically they're as screwed up as humanity, and the average invasion happens about once every seven years, which may have something to do with how close Mars comes to Earth every so often. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, they consider NASA's exploration of Mars at best low comedy, destroying them on landing or occasionally dusting the rovers when nobody's looking. So, anyways... <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Jonathan, you've been quiet. Do you know anything about the germ? Oh, so what we have here, they're relatively peaceful species that evolve from like rodent-like mammals coming from what we call gamma uh, cephi, 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 I always am iffy on how to pronounce it. Cephi. Uh, they know it as ipras. Um, they look like large jackrabbits um, with like manipulative hands. They have opposable thumbs. So they have thumbs. Yep. They actually have, like, working hands. Yeah. Uh, and then they also have telekinetic abilities, so they can... Yeah, tool use is not a problem for them. They have definitely developed technologically. They don't have a spoken language. They they 
communicate uh, telepathically or with writing. And uh, I like this little uh, line here about them. Upon leaving their home system a few centuries ago, they discovered the majority of races encountered were beings that were, for the most part, large, bad-tempered, and smelly. As a result, the children are less than outgoing towards other races and tend to shun contact with aliens, even as their curiosity drives them to explore the galaxy. Because of their size and their and the propensity of the larger races to overlook them, the Jern have gone mostly unnoticed by the other spacefaring races. And this is just how they prefer it. So why did that you know what what happened when they came to Earth? So yeah, when the Jern discovered and investigated Earth, it seemed to be just another planet of unpleasant giants until they made a discovery on a routine sample gathering mission, corn. The Jern loved the flavor of this vegetable, and something about the chemical makeup of corn causes a mild euphoria in the Jern. They 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 discovered our the Jern version of weed on our planet. Yep. Or or Jern nip. Yep. Yeah. Jern. Yeah. That would... Jern nip. After discover, discovering, yeah, they this... call they, they they call it a nibble. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, just a little bit, just to take the edge off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, yeah, apparently they can't grow it on uh, off of Earth. If it's grown on alien soil, it loses that euphoric side effect, and so they have to to harvest it here on Earth. So they have a network, secret network in Iowa and other areas to harvest the stuff and transport it off world via cargo transport, cloaked against human detection. Right. So where do they keep their spaceships? Once they know they've been caught, they will want nothing more than leave Earth as fast as possible in their ship, which is often hidden underground or in a body of water near the collection area. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So they're 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 classically, you know, hiding their spaceships underwater because you know there really aren't that many places to uh, to keep a spaceship underground in Iowa, especially. <laughs> you know, I mean. I mean, if you if you were you know in the in the uh, Appalachians, they've got tons of limestone caves and such. Oh so yeah, at this, yeah. At this point, all the limestone caves have been well recorded and um, you, and, are, and basically are tourist attractions. So again, you know, but uh, putting it in the bottom of a lake, it's fine, you know, because most lakes, you know, uh, most lakes are murky, and uh, so it's 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 really easy to hide them down there. Uh, especially, uh, what's what's a, a good thing to hide uh, inside of lakes, uh, murky lakes, um, besides alien spacecraft, guys? Ancient dinosaurs. I would say like monsters, you know, like Nessie and all that, or Champy. Yeah, vampires. They can come out in the daytime. Yeah. <laughs> the water attenu the water attenuates the daylight. Hmm. It it was a it was a, a story arc in Swamp Thing, DC. Oh, okay. <laughs> Showed these people watch swimming, and all of a sudden something reaches up out of the water, grabs their leg, and drags them down. And you think, oh, no, oh, no. Except then later on, they show up back home again. And you're like, whoa, I thought the monsters ate you, or whatever like that. And and that's later on, they, they show their fangs, and it's like, oh, they were recruiting, too. Swamp vampire. Swamp vampires. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's it's funny how uh, in these swamps, uh, the water is sometimes the water is really murky and sometimes it's really clear. It's, it just depends on what the story is. All right, so the journey basically. Uh, uh, I always, whenever I, I I read this, I was like, and by the way, the journey did not appear into the D twenty edition. This was a new thing that came in. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, but it always reminds me of the jackalopes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fast as fast can be. You'll never catch me. <laughs> so, but anyways, uh, okay. So there's uh, the germ. Uh, the Flatwood Monster is basically a cryptoid uh, that has. Uh, it is. It is supposed. To, I mean, it, it, all appearances of it. It is an alien. It's a large, you know, shaped, you know, a, a monster, um, and uh, it's. Uh, it's been seen in a lot of like scary sightings and things like that in the West Virginia area, and uh, most people, you know, consider it to be a um, crash-landed alien or something because uh, it's um, you know they've never seen more than one of them, and uh, and it's only been seen from you know on very rare occasions. Now, how long does the thing you know how long does it live? Is it still around? That's up to you. Uh, with your uh, uh, in your campaign, but the Flatwoods monster is an official uh, monster from uh, Bureau Thirteen, and it's it's about the same it's about the same size as a human, just a little bit wider. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's, oh. the shape is kind of like a leaf shape. You know, you know, thick on the bottom, going up. You know, like into a cloaking kind of. You know, like someone wearing a cloak. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, you could probably find images if you look at Fallout 76 right now, actually. I think it's one of the random encounters. Right, well, there. I've killed a couple in Fallout 76. Yeah. One purely by accident. I was like, oh, what? There's this thing over there. What's that, Flatwoods Monster? I'm like, what? You know, and then I'm like, and, and of course it read, it, it reads as hostile. And I always, I always felt like maybe it wasn't hostile. You know, maybe it's just, this, for some reason, my, my, my little thing says it is, and but I hosed at it, and he fired his, his death. He fired a ray gun at me, and I hosed it down and killed it. So, uh, so we have, I have to assume that it is uh, it was hostile. But uh, uh, as far as the lore is concerned, uh, we don't know how many of them are, and what it may only be one. So, all right. So let's go ahead and start talking about some of the other uh, sources. Okay. Um, for example, probably the most reused version uh, story, alien story we have is from both Hell's Night, but also in the D20 edition, the Roach Motel. <laughs> you got oh, yeah, the adventure that John Ryer wrote, yes. No, John Ryer rewrote it. Okay. He had, I think he did a return to the Roach Motel. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Richard's the one who wrote the, uh, the Rose Motel. The original, yeah, back right. probably in the eighties. Yeah. Right. So, uh, do you remember these, uh, I mean, we don't want to tell, I mean, I guess we could tell them everything about it because if you, if you haven't learned, if you haven't played it yet, uh, <laughs> and then as a GM, it's, it's, it's fun to do, but they, uh, essentially you have, it's New York city takes place in New York city and there is an alien who basically uh it's uh I, uh was it relic i mean the what was the 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 one where it was a, a, a like a cockroach that had managed to mutate so it looked like a, a homeless person well was this a movie yes yeah, a movie they actually had a couple uh, a couple sequels to it anyways mm-hmm. uh as it turns out uh, it's um uh it is a uh, a collector it is a conservationist. Uh, you, if you follow it all the way through all the various things that happened in the story, it, you finally, you know, uh, track it back to its lair, 
which is this really high tech uh, uh, corridor and, 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 and room, which has all these humans in some form of stasis and other materials and things like that. And <coughs> apparently, it's um, it's been around for about a century, and it's been collecting uh, various things on on humans because it wants to seed them to another world, figuring out that they were going to kill ourselves and destroy our planet. So he says, well, you know, these humans, we'll go and give them another chance on another world. And so it's been doing that. So when you run into the, it on the, uh, uh, in, in the, in the adventure, it's just about ready to leave. It's got everything it needs. And is, which is, of course, why it's, it's getting found out is because it's getting sloppy. So, uh, and if you let, if, if you don't do anything about it, it takes off blowing its way, you know, out of, uh, uh, one of the boroughs of, uh, of New York City and flying up into the sky. And the, and the way Richard said was, is it, and everybody who saw it launch said, well, look at that. Just, and, and it says, you see anything in this town and goes about their business. <laughs> Cause that's the kind of town. He's doing the joke that New Yorkers aren't phased by a damn thing. By anything, no. So that's and that's the story with the uh, Roche Motel. Okay, uh, another one from the same book, Hell's Night, is the happiness plot. Either you guys familiar with that one? It sounds familiar. Oh, God, it's been so long since I've yeah, read Hell's Night. That's the thing. It's been a while. All right, Hell's Night uh, was one of the two supplements that uh, that Richard put out so long ago. Uh, it was, I mean, originally came out in the, uh, punched, uh, three, uh, uh, curly binder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. anyways, uh, so, uh, uh, and, it, and they originally sold for like five ninety five, <laughs> And so it's a time when Bureau 13 was being sold for $13. The happiness plot is, uh, where people... I, I'm not sure how the Bureau gets hold of the information, but people start disappearing. And when they find them, it turns out they're they're living in this small town out in the middle of nowhere, and they're really happy, and nobody wants to come home. And they're, and they're perfectly willing to go and talk to people, and they're saying, but no, we, we found a great community, and we love it there, and we're just going to stay there. Well, what about the rest of your family? Oh, you're welcome to come and live with us, too. No, we don't want to come live with you. We have our homes over here. And I says, well, you should come and spend the weekend or something like that, and, and, and check out the town. You'll find it's the greatest town you've ever been in. And they come, and then next thing you know, the whole family's there. The in-laws are there. Everyone's staying in the town. Because everybody's happy there. It's everybody's super, super happy. You know, it's like uh, you know, it's it's like the Stepford Wives kind of thing and stuff like yeah, that. So, yeah. Yeah. so and finally at the end, uh, you find out that uh, there is an there are aliens there and people are being replaced. <laughs> so it's uh, and it's this one of those uh, beachhead. Uh, 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 I don't want to use the word infestation, but uh, uh, where they're they're basically uh, fifth colony. They're just slowly, yeah. you know, it, it, it's it's literally uh, uh, the uh, more or less the invasion of the body snatchers. But Richard's take on it called the happiness plot. So uh, that's the uh, uh, those are the two aliens uh, adventures that take place uh, in uh, in Hell's Night. So as I said, contact us via those various forums. 
We'll get back to you as soon as we get your feedback and we will hit you back with an answer ASAP. And there will be more for you all next week. But until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.